Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Large Format Photography Podcast. My name is Simon Forster and I'm joined by Andrew Bartram and Dave Shrimpton. Hello, Andrew. Hi, Simon. And hello, Dave. Hello, gentlemen. Very nice to finally be talking to you. It, it is, it is. And because we've, we've talked about getting you on the show and going to your place and and so on and it's just because of viruses and Andrew coming back from northern Italy when he shouldn't have been and all of that kind of stuff then actually that's not entirely true about Andrew but uh, he can put he can put some flesh on the bone in a minute um, but this is uh, probably part one of, a, of an odyssey uh, of Dave Shrimpton because uh, hopefully when things get back to some kind of normality then we'll uh, make a visit over to your place and, and check it out. So uh, That would be great, guys, and I shall fully intend you both to take wet plate collodion portraits of each other, so be prepared. Ooh, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so on, on that note, let's head over to the Fens and see what Andrew's been up to. Well, I've actually finally been out with my camera. Uh, I mean, I've been taking photographs during this strange period, but there have been a lot of stuff with toy cameras and pinholes and stuff I can do around the house easily. Um, I think I during the lockdown period up until last weekend, I had exposed a couple of sheets of paper negatives down the bottom of the garden just for the heck of it. Um, but it was all like too much effort just to take a picture of a um, watering can with a large format camera. <laughs> so, you know, Boris eased, eased the lockdown restriction and suddenly we can travel anywhere in the world as long as we're back in the evening. So I thought what could possibly be wrong with me heading out into the into the middle levels. Someone When I said I was going to the middle levels, Christine Pennock said, is that near Middle Earth? I said, no, it's just kind of out in the fins. <laughs> it's to do with the drainage board area, I think, anyway. So I, I got my ordnance survey maps out because you've got to use ordnance survey paper maps and... I had a rough idea of where I wanted to go, uh, and so I, I loaded the car. I spent the day before loading the car up and just finding all my stuff, and I'll come on to this business about losing bits and bobs in a minute. But I gathered together my uh, Toyo, Toyo, Toyo <laughs> camera, <laughs> got that in the, in the boot of the car, got my three lenses, my 210 Schneider, my uh, 150, and my 90 Fuji thingy bob. And I had my 617 day, well, we're getting into this pronunciation thing again. That Chinese back, 6x17 back I've got for my Toyo and uh, loaded that with, well, I, I, I took some chrome slide film out with me and a roll of Foma Pan 100. But that wasn't before I took the back off the 617 camera to realize there was already a film in there. Um, so I quickly put the back on again, wound it on once, didn't know what it was. I guessed at HP5, it turned out to be FP4, but I'd rated it 200, so that was fine. So I headed off into the Fens with a flask of coffees for some prime time Borat, Peter Lynn meditative photography. Borut, please call Borut. him Borat. Oh, what did Borut. I call him Borat you again? Call it Bor Borat Borat. again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, with Borat. Borut. I've forgotten. <laughs> How do you pronounce his name? Um, I think it's Borut. Anyway, with top sh with a top ship man, I went out into the fence <laughs> with um in like the top ship man does. Only he doesn't go into the fence, of course. He's in Slovenia, and uh, I I ended up stopping at three locations 
and uh, use the use the six seventeen back. Uh, I used all three lenses. I had six sheets of FP four with me, and I photographed uh, a pumping station. I photographed an old barn, and I photographed some uh, a, a bit of a river drainage ditchy thing. And it was lovely. There, the sun was out, but not out really strongly. There was there was interesting clouds. I wasn't getting that really harsh shadow because I hate going out with large format gear in really bright sunshine because it just does nothing for me. Um, I like some clouds. I like the sunshine to be slightly diffused. I think that works really well. I was getting around four stops between where I wanted a shadow to be and where I thought the highlights were going to fall. So that was kind of okay. I was developing, I was going to develop in Pyrocat HD, which I'm still playing with a little bit, but I figured that would be fine. And I was going to use uh, Jeff Perry's 20th Century Camera Reel, Yay. which I haven't, which I haven't used in ages. You like that? Uh, you, you yeah, like that yeah, it's, it worked. They work well. I'm, I'm just waiting for another one from Jeff at the moment. The uh, the 10 by 8 version. So please, Did I don't see- want to crash you. Well, that's okay. We, did you see that one? He posted a video of loading an enormous oh sheet of film. I don't know how big that sheet of film was. That was ridiculous. It was, was a like huge sheet of film. With one hand. Film. With one hand, <laughs> and he fed it into his 20th century reel. So lesson, lesson number one, when you, haven't, when, when you're as, um, when you think you, you know what you're doing, which I do most of the time, and you go to use a bit of kit which you haven't used in a long time, just stop and think about it. So I... Yeah. I put these six sheets of FP4 in and got them out and looked at the big scratch, big thick scratch down each bit of emulsion because I'd loaded them with the emulsion side emulsion out. facing out. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So I, I actually, mm. I thought, well, what can I learn from this? Uh, I actually learned that the Pyro HD worked really well. Well, it looked to work really well. I need to play with them in the enlarger really to see if I need to tweak because what you can do the normal development for Pyrocat HD is one. If you if you're just doing silver paper, you know normal um, what what Sandy King refers to as blue sensitive paper, then it's one part plus one part plus a hundred. But you can make the second part two two parts, and that kind of gives your negatives a bit more oomph. Or you can go two plus two plus a hundred, and for longer for alternative type processes. But it all needs a bit of playing around with, really. So I'm sticking with one plus one plus a hundred, and the negs looked good, apart from this great big bloody scratch down the, the middle. But um, like uh, in my, well, I kept my top shit cool head on and uh, said, "Well, you know what? I really enjoyed my three hours out in the Bedford Middle Levels." Good for you. <laughs> They're called Bedford Middle Levels, but it's nowhere near Bedford. Uh, it's, it's near um, uh, uh, near Benwick, if anyone's familiar with the Fens. And I really enjoyed it. And I came back and I felt relaxed. You know, it was very contemplative. It was very meditative. And I liken it to fishing. If I, Not that I know anything about fishing, really, but I can imagine if it was me, I'd be sitting there, never catch anything and come home. But quite pleased that I've had the experience. Uh, and it was lovely. <laughs> and, well, funny enough, Andrew, I think that's, that's where I am as well. I, I'm finding that the... The process of taking a picture is often far more enjoyable and, and exciting and interesting for me than the actual end result. That's almost immaterial. 
I just I love that contemplation, the looking. Is it and half the thing is, is it worth taking a picture of like you with your watering can in the garden? You know, and go out for a shoot and just come back and not actually not taking anything. Nine times out of ten, no. I have taken something. But that's yeah, the joy of just going out with six sheets of film. You know, for a whole day, the discipline. So yeah. is that? Well, I, d- that's, I did that's have it. the six. I did have the six seventeen back, yeah. and I did have. I did have a three coffee cans with with. Uh, Good man. With with, with paper in uh, three Good of the man. illy illy those illy cans with the screw lid. Ah oh, well, I've moved on. I'm on I'm on oats at the moment. I'm the <laughs> Highland oats. So uh, <laughs> is Highland oats a better pinhole camera than an illy? Coffee seriously, camera? man. Seriously, man. It's it is my best camera. This yeah. Highland, I'm actually, yeah, honestly, you have a look at my Instagram. There's a feed there. There's a shot I did of a stream uh, in, the, in Dove Day. Well, no, I and, saw you setting that up. I saw you setting it up. You did a picture of yeah. yourself setting that up, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Uh, the result from that is just breathtaking. And, of course, the beauty of it is it's, the, as you know, when you've used your McDonald's or other sticks are available, um, when you've inserted your film, you've got that beautiful curvature. Um, yeah. It's a bit like the, the uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'm totally behind you on that one. Absolutely. Well, share a picture of that into the large format photography podcast Facebook group, please, so we can see mm. we can see what you're talking okay. about. I so I, I got I did get a I did get a shot off with one of my illy cans, and I went to photograph the pumping station with a Fomapan steel film can. You know those hundred feet cans that you buy bulk film in. Oh my god! I yeah. turned one of those into a pinhole camera that takes a strip of film or paper uh, about eight inches long, and it bends oh, around. I love those shots. I love those and it, shots. And it bends around. And yeah. uh, so I'd loaded that with a. When I cut down my X-ray film, I end up with loads of these little thin strips which I keep. Yeah. So with a bit of fiddling around, I, I squeeze one of those in to to that camera. And I was about. I went to get that out. I'd finished. I'd exposed my last sheet of FP4, and I went to get this uh, Foma pinhole camera out. And I was looking for my fancy little magnetic tripod head thing. <laughs> so I've got this magnet. It's courtesy of uh, Pinhole, Mr. Chris Perigoy of Pinhole Blender, um, nice. who sent me a Pinhole Blender camera, which is a, a discussion for another day and another podcast. But he also sent this um, magnet, which is about an inch and a half along, with a quarter-inch uh, th- thread in the bottom. So you can screw it on top of your, in my case, my Manfrotto quick-release uh, plate. And then I can put any tin can on top of it, you know, bang, with a magnet. So you could make one of these things. I'm sure you could anyway, Dave. Yeah, that and sounds so, a brilliant solution. Yeah. So I went, I went to get my, my FOMA, providing you've got a, you know, a steel-based pinhole camera and not a box, not a wooden box. That clearly wouldn't work with a magnetic, no. uh, with a magnetic tripod mat. Or a Coca-Cola tin, yeah. Yeah, if it's got lots of aluminium in. So I went, for, uh, I went to look for this thing I'd been merrily using an hour before at another location. And I thought, I'm going mad. I had the car in bits. I was looking, but I thought it must have just fallen down somewhere. So I abandoned, uh, by this time I'd been out nearly four hours. I thought, I've had enough now. I'm going to go back and retrace my steps. And guess what? I found it lying in the grass by this barn I'd been photographed. So, so I didn't get to use all my pinhole cameras. And I also didn't get to use my Indostar 300mm, Indostar 37 lens that i bought a while back because i had a, taken some paper out with me and i thought i could probably get away with using that with some paper in the fens at f64 ah uh, of course i've got jason lane's dry plate sitting in the fridge but i haven't got the holder yet from the kickstarter 
So I didn't get to use the use the Indostar either. So I'm planning a retreat, a repeat trip this weekend. I've got my eye on the weather because I don't want to go out when it's just blue skies. And I'm going to retrace my steps and I'm going to take basically take the same pictures I took last weekend and try and do a bit more pinhole because now I've found my magnetic tripod head thing. And I'm going to use this Indostar lens with some paper negatives as well. So it's very exciting. And one more thing. Sorry, I realize I'm really rambling on. If you look on the in the Facebook group, I posted a picture just a minute ago of my new toy, which has cost me the sum of £10. And bless you, Wayne Stetzer, for being such a wonderful member of our Facebook group and posting those wonderful videos. He he posted one from his backyard. Now, you know, if you've seen if you've seen a picture of Wayne's house and his backyard, he lives like on a castle on a hill with a big balcony and he stands there with a rifle and shoots intruders, I think. <laughs> but he he um he stole from his wife's cupboard a, a hanging shower caddy thing. Uh, that's oh, all brilliant. I can describe it. And he said he uses that to keep all his bits and bobs in, his, his large format bits and bobs. He may not have used the term bits and bobs, highly doubtful, but anyway. So I went on to Amazon and found one for £10, for Amazon Basics. And it, it folds up and it opens up and it's got a little, little hangy thing on the top. And in there I've now got my, my filters, um, four, four filters of Coke in P things, you know, no, no fancy Lee stuff, I can't afford those. And I've got a, a Minolta, my Minolta spot meter and a loop that I very rarely use because I don't need to. And a Lasterlite 30 centimeter pop out gray, well, not really a gray card, is it? A gray target thing that Ben Horn uses in his videos. And I asked Ben where he got it from and he told me. And all of that fits into this little caddy. And the idea is that you just hang it on your tripod. And it's a uh, you know it's got a bit of weight to it now, and it'll help weight the tripod down. Not that I really need that. Brilliant. But most importantly, it's got all my all those bits that you lose. You know, you end up taking things off, and you yep. put it in a pocket, and then I'm patting all my pockets to find out where <laughs> things are. You know, or yep. you drop it on the floor, and well, you know, and then so tread I, on it, and then tread on it, yeah, and tread on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> the I amount of loops I've done that to, yeah. Anyway, sorry, carry on. I can't quite bring myself, Wayne, if you're listening to buying one of those, um, uh, I used to call them photographer's waistcoats or gilets. <laughs> or yeah. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I am not wearing one of those. Yeah. I, I draw the line at, I draw the line at buying one of those. And uh, if I, <laughs> Wayne, if I'd have known you wore one of those, I, we wouldn't have invited you onto the show, despite your lovely large hat. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> That's it. That's my bit done. <laughs> there you go. Simon. Um, I've, well, just uh, just to just to remind remind me, um, yeah, your Industar sixty something, um, or thirty seven, thirty seven. Um, yeah. What's the aperture on it? Well, at wide open, it goes to four point five. Right. Okay. Down that downwards, it goes to f sixty four. Yeah. No, it was the wide open bit that I was I was interested in um, because I've I don't think I, we've. Tell me if we've if we've already talked about this, um, but I've I've got a um, tire tire tear. I think it's tire. Uh, Toyo. No, no. Toyo. It's not Toyo. 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 It's not that. Toyo. Um, 
Who knows? We might explain what we're what we're talking about with that later. Go on, um, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll leave we'll leave that. We'll leave people think what on earth is going on. Um, but um, but no, it's uh, not a Toyo. It's um, a Tear Thirty Three, and um, which is a three hundred millimeter f four point five. Um, How do you spell Tear? T A I R. Okay. Um, although mine's in the Cyrillic, so he didn't actually say that, but I know that's what it is. So it's a Russian-y thing, is it? It or is, yeah. Soviet Union It thing. is. Uh, and it's got an aperture, and it's not for large format. It's uh, it's actually meant for a Kiev 88, uh, which okay. is uh, known as uh, affectionately, or not affectionately, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, is a Hasselbladsky. Um, yeah. So it, it looks to all intents well, and purposes. Is it, yeah. is it, sorry, Simon, is it just... Kiev 88s that are known as ha- ha- Hasselbladskis, yeah. or is that that generic brand? That, well, I say generic. Is that sort of family of exactly. medium format cameras like um, Salutes and Salutes stuff like and stuff like that? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So uh, okay. this is this is one one of one of the I think there's at least three different uh, kinds. Mm. Uh, but to, to look at you 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 could easily mistake it uh, as as a Hasselblad uh, 500 cm or 500 some, some, something like that. Um, the closer you get to it, the more you notice the the, the differences. But um, <clears throat> the biggest usual difference is that this one actually works, uh, because almost <laughs> all of them don't work. Um, but this one does. But more to the point though, uh, this this lens that came with it. Um, is a 304.5 and that's the reason pretty much why I bought this camera quite cheaply because um, it's not a massively desirable camera and it's got probably the least desirable lens to have on it um, so uh, I did quite well with this but um, but on I think I put a picture up on Insta- on my Instagram account and uh, I can't remember who it was that uh, suggested it or it was somewhere in one of the Facebook groups that uh, somebody goes, I, I, um, I bet that will cover four by five. And I was thinking, hmm, I wonder if it does. And uh, so the next thing I did was um, I went to see if this lens did what many Soviet lenses, and not just Soviet lenses, uh, some of the, perhaps the older design of, of lenses in general, where you could actually physically unscrew the optical block um, from the from the helical uh, part of the uh, of the body. And, uh-huh. uh, and you could, and you just, just unscrew it, e- easy as you like. <clears throat> Excuse me, and so uh, I then thought, well, okay, will it will it cover four by five? So I, I offered it up to uh, probably the, the my speed graphic, I think, and um, and I got in, infinity, and I've got full coverage. And I was thinking, well, that's cool. Um, so how 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 far will it go? And uh, so I I put it on my uh, still yet to be used um, Kodak. Mm. Uh, was it specialist on? Which model is it? Uh, oh yeah. Could, could See, Dave, Dave Simon has all these cameras, but he doesn't go out and take any bloody pictures. <laughs> yes. Sorry, go on. Yes. That's what photography is all about. I couldn't resist it. it. <laughs> it's all about the gear. Um, it is, it is. Yeah. And um, so uh, I've got a specialist model two, Kodak specialist model two. Really nice one. Mm. And it's half plate. Um, mm. I was hoping it was going to be seven by five, but it's actually half, half plate. And um, But it covers that as well. No problem at all covering mm. covering half plate, and that got me well, thinking. You know, when I eventually do actually go and take some photos, or more to the point, when I get access again to the six times darkroom, which has also got a, a studio there that can be completely blacked out, I want to have a go at doing the the, the Peter Defty thing uh, because mm. I could use it on half on half half plate and switch the lights off, 
um, get my subject to sit there in the dark for a bit and there so the the, the pupils dilate um, mm. calculate the uh, the right lighting and just use the flash as the shutter um, obviously right. you know uncover the lens and cover the lens as, as well but uh, I think this would be fantastic for you but the, just just quickly the uh, the reason I wanted to ask I wanted to talk about your lens is just how heavy is your lens pretty <laughs> pretty heavy I mean, has, has I don't it, know. Has it a guess? I could go and buy, get some scale. I don't know. It's heavy, <laughs> <laughs> but it, fit, it fits on the front of my Toyo. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to go get some scales. Talk amongst yourselves, girls. <laughs> now we're going to start weighing lenses. Is that is that the way we're heading? Okay, it, it, it may well do. It may do. Yeah, it, it's, that sounds very impressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on, on on other podcasts, it's uh, on, on other podcasts, it's not uncommon for people to start uh, shooting cameras off and uh, listening to the shutter sound. So uh, I, I don't see why we can't weigh lenses. Don't get me well. started on that one. Right. Don't get me started. Yeah, yeah. We sh if we're talking about who's got the biggest ones, um, get Dave will get his scales out. Yeah. So I can give you a measurement in milliliters, in grams, no, no. milliliters, in in fluid ounces, in pounds and ounces, pounds and ounces, or grams. What do you want? I'll, I'll can you do stones? No, no. This is a well. I could if I go and get the bathroom scales. Yeah. Okay, no, go carry on. Yeah. So let's 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 go. Uh, let's let's go. Grams and stone. I don't know about stone. Grams. It's whoa, whoa, eight hundred and forty grams. Right. Okay. Right. Hang on. I'm going to get my scales because you've got. To, I'm going to do my well. cook one. Hang on. Hang on. Right. I'll be yeah. back. Yeah. Talk amongst yourself, Andrew, while we both disagree. And it's um, it's 29 fluid ounces apparently. No one. There's just me and you, listeners. And um, so, what is a fluid ounce? It's for the American listeners, because you don't do metric, do you? It's one pound and thirteen point six ounces. One pound thirty. It just went up to one pound and thirteen point seven ounces. So that's for you, American listeners. Right. Okay. I'm switching. One pound. One pound and thirteen ounces, Simon. I just said for our American listeners. Yeah, I, I struggle with and pounds. I've got to say it's um, thirty fluid ounces. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Now. I've got. I've just got. So this is a Taylor uh, Cook lens. Uh, it's a twelve-inch soft focus and it's what is it uh three kilograms so um yeah well that's just ridiculous isn't it yeah <laughs> you're trying too hard is that that great big thing you were showing us before we started yeah yeah no, no, th no that's a bigger one <laughs> <laughs> this one this one came with that kodak camera i bought the other day the big the big seven inch studio camera so yeah okay so, yeah, yeah that makes anyway. sense well, I was going to say, for, for completeness here, I'm just going to get my Erector, which I know Dave's got one of these, but I'm just curious now. I am as well. This is a fun way to spend a morning, isn't it? Oh, on a podcast and weighing, weighing lenses. <laughs> right. Come on. Right. So uh, one Erector is uh, uh, 1.5 kilos. Um, no, mine, mine's mine's like one for backpacking, isn't it? Compared to yours, yours is yours is yeah, absolutely. It's nothing. It's nothing. And uh, I mean, joking. Actually, joking aside, I mean, it is actually really important. I mean, you start sticking this stuff on the front of a mm. of a flimsy whatever it is front standard, and you're going to have one hell of a mess on the floor if your tripod's not strong enough. So yeah. And the other thing I've noticed is also where your um, tripod mount is actually positioned. Because I, when I my wet plate camera, I when I had to put the mount on it, I positioned it in the centre of the camera, and of course, duh, 
I should have put it towards the front, front so that it yeah. counteracted the weight of the lens as well. So, yeah. um, but there you go, a lesson learned. Yeah. Well, uh, my 1.5 kilo um, Aerovector for our American friends is uh, three pounds and five and a half ounces. But hmm. that isn't really what we're talking about. We're talking about this Tear 33, which is not as heavy. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with pounds for now, uh, because that's what's on there. Um, so that's um, nearly three pounds. And uh, what's that in uh, in French? That'd be about 200, 400 kilograms. Oh, grams, that? rather. Why isn't it changing? Okay. This is, uh, this is great, isn't it? This is good, uh, good TV. Um, Fantastic. Oh, I'm pressing the wrong button. That's what it is. Here we go, grams. Uh, so it's uh, 1,180. 1,180 uh, grams. Um, mm. the, and that's, that's the thing, it's a damn heavy thing. Um, but I was, I was just wondering whether yours, um, with it being specifically designed for large format, and, and it's probably, I, I assume it's a, it's a normal lens rather than a telephoto lens. Would that be fair? It would be fair, yes. Yeah. Yep. Whereas this is definitely well, a telephoto. Yeah, no, I have, to get, I have to get full bellows extension on my Toyo to uh, to get focus you know infinity yeah. and with my bomb with my bomb camera it doesn't quite go i can't quite get enough uh, I, I can't i can't get it out long enough you see what i mean you're struggling with length aren't you i am yeah, yeah I'm, I'm falling short on the side on the length yeah i can't extend it long enough yeah yeah <laughs> so uh, then i so that got me thinking because having sold years ago my, my sinar monorail I, uh, I thought oh, perhaps i need a monorail perhaps i just for completeness, maybe I need a monorail set up. And I thought, no, just stop it, Andrew. You really don't. <laughs> so what I might need is like a 120 millimeter lens. That's another conversation I'm having with folks on the, in the Facebook group. But anyway, that's another story. So I can use this on my Toyo. Good. Well, this, this, um, this, this lens, I mean, it, it's, it's big. It's a, it's a, it's a fair bit heavier. Um, and it's, a, it's clearly a diff different optical design, uh, but it, it has no problem at all going onto a, onto a speed graphic, um, which I'm not sure if, if a speed graphic would struggle with 300 mil or not, actually, because that's a fair bit of extension, isn't it? Um, but mm -hmm. this was no problem at all. I just need to make a, uh, a mount, but <clears throat> ideally I, I really fancy doing that, uh, switch the lights off and take a picture of somebody head on i, I, I really like that idea yeah it sounds nice yeah. you need an mpp mark 8 that's what you need there's another one to add to the list well i've got a i've, I've got a mpp micropest and an earlier one um, mm. which is still unrepaired um yep yeah so it's uh which I'll, who knows i might even get around to doing that at some point like what I was the one you sold to jimmy sorry simon what was the one you sold to jimmy hickford uh, Dave, the one I saw, yeah, that was the 1942 um, Speed Graphic, which has got a different lens board to all the others, as we found out, or as he's just found out. So, um, but beautiful camera, absolutely. That's my very first camera I ever bought, my first large format, and I still mm. love that camera. Um, the smell of them is just oh, that's half the thing about large format is the smell of the cameras, I think. So, but that's a whole new subject. There you go. We never thought that we'd go down there, you know. Um, camera smells uh. well you should listen to the lensless podcast simon if you want when we were interviewing rachel brewster right i won't quite repeat what cory said but <laughs> if you want to if you want to laugh because actually if you want to listen to one episode that one where she did the uh, pinhole uh, 
study of the people in her street for VE Day. Yeah. So it was a it was a great conversation with her. But at one point, we get onto the subject of um, uh, pinhole cameras that are made out of wood, and Corey says something. Uh, but you just need to go and listen to it. And I, <laughs> yeah, Rachel, Rachel, Rachel manfully carried on through it, or laid, you know, she did, in a very in a very mature, ladylike way. She carried on through it. There's a reason. Didn't, for, didn't. There's a reason for that. Who she she does a, a weekly show with Graham. With Graham with the, yeah, she's uh, probably used to that podcast, sort of yeah, stuff. That, isn't it? It took her in a stride quite easily, I'd imagine. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so it takes sn- sniffing cameras or. More surprising, more specifically, sniffing what they're made of. Uh, exactly. You can you can imagine what it was. He said. Well, I've actually, if ever I go into my studio or into the design studio, um, I, I sometimes take a camera with me, as you do. And I've got a guy there, and I said, "What?" I said, "I walk up to him." He says, "Hang on, hang on, let me think about it. Let me think. Right, okay, open it up." And I open it up. He says, "Yeah, that's the smell." So there you go. So <laughs> people do enjoy that sort of thing. It's a bit like getting into an old Ford Prefect, isn't it? It's like that smell of it. It's lovely. So. Anyway. Peel apart, peel apart Polaroid does it for me. Oh, don't go there. Yeah. Actually, Fomapan. Fomapan has got a really strong smell at the moment as well. So there you go. Is it? Yeah. Is Foma, it? Well, the Fomapan I'm using has got a really strong smell. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Sheet film or roll film? Wasn't sheet film. Yeah. I don't do roll oh. film, so, but sheet film, yeah. Yeah. So. Loads of roll film in the fridge, but I don't use it anymore. So there you go. But that's another story. Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty much it for uh, for, for my extensive uh, large large format uh, two and a half weeks. Um, so um, Dave, uh, sorry, I can't believe you actually haven't put a camera up and made some pictures in the back garden. We gave you very precise instructions last time. You were to photograph the trees in each week. You know, as a project, do you remember? I, 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 I do, and to to be fair to me, uh, I have been thinking about it. <laughs> uh, well, that's it then. Yeah, I've um, I've I've asked my wife, who's a who's a professional gardener, um, to, and asked her, "Can you get me some dead flowers, please?" Yeah, and uh, but not just any dead flowers. I want interesting dead flowers, which is like looking at me like like I've gone nuts why don't you just buy some flowers for your wife right there's the first thing right so th- this is a result because you're gonna you're gonna satisfy so many things at once you so you can you you can buy you can buy flowers for the lovely lady and that'll put you in a good book straight away and then you can just as they die you can you can photograph them at various stages like um john like john blakemore does yeah. did does and then when they're really dead you can Arrange them on a on a, like a an old bit of wood or something, you know, and light it with your fancy lights and stuff, you know, and you can get some real arty farty shots of but dead but flowers. This is, this is the thing, though. Not all dead flowers are, are equally interesting, are they? And you know, I don't know if carnations go particularly good. Mm, no, tulip, tulip, tulips are good. Uh-huh. Oh, it's too and late, too late for those. A bit later in the year, you can when the poppies, if you've got the, those poppies that seem to grow everywhere. Yeah, the poppy yeah. heads when they're dried off, they they make nice studies, don't they? Yeah, well, we've got plenty of those at the moment, so yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good one to keep. Just yeah. wait, for, don't, the birds, you know, don't pull them up once they stop flowering. Just let them dry out because then the seeds will mm-hmm. disperse, and when they go brown and brittle, they make lovely subjects. Yeah, that's that's an interesting. Uh, that leads me on to something else. Um, I'm just doing a little project at the moment where I've. I've just dismantled a, a, a Rolleiflex SL66 
SLR camera mm. um, because a friend of mine gave me a body of one and I've taken the, the front lens mount off of it. And I'm now working out how to fit it onto a speed graphic board because with the old Rodiflex lenses, you can reverse mount them and they become macro lenses. So you can literally go right inside the seed bud sort of thing. And uh, mm. I did a series of those with the Rodiflex years ago. And I've also got a wide, 40 mil wide angle, which obviously the coverage isn't going to be the same, but there you go. Flowers are great. Dead flowers are great. I'm, actually, I'm doing a series at the moment in, with the big mahogany camera of things that I found that are dead. I know lots of people have done it. But... Well, you that bird you found, didn't you? Or yeah, I the presume you bird. didn't go out and shoot it. No, no, well, no. It was I just plucked it out of its nest. No, I didn't. No, I, found... <laughs> <laughs> no, I found this gorgeous little thing, and then the birds were singing, so it kind of seemed apt that I got a sheet well, of music. Probably singing for its lost little friend that you just murdered. No. Well, I hadn't worked it. I would never do anything like that. No, I've got uh, people bring me things as well, as you can imagine. People tend to bring me dead things, like, what, uh, like someone you? bought me. A... It's just like bagpuss. Yeah, yeah. Except this one had horns and skin on it, I think. But yeah, but, uh, no, I had a, a monk, a monk jack head that had mummified, mm. that found in a barn, and um, uh, yeah. But I did a series a little while ago with with what what are really nice at the moment. You should do Simon is dandelions because obviously they look amazing. And I put one in a jar and of water and then backlit it with black. And, of course, as it starts to peel over, you get the, the degradation of the stalk. And then you get the individual tiny little seeds start to float off. And I photographed that with a big mahogany camera, F64, and uh, at uh, 5 before. And the level of detail on that was stunning. So um, anything that's dying, I think, and has, has gone through its peak is, is wonderful to shoot. So anyway... Sorry, I'm crashing your, no, your story. No, no, that's, that's back to you. Yeah. I'm, I'm beginning to think we're actually crashing you because we haven't really talked about you at all uh, yet. But this, but it's been, it's been fascinating. I'm just, just, I'm just trying to think about what you just said there about the dandelion head. And uh, I mean, if you can, I wouldn't mind you if you could, if you could um, share a photograph of, of what you did there. That was, I'd, I'd like, love to see what you, what you, what you did with that. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll look, when when this uh, obviously this podcast is going out now live, but um, <laughs> but when it when it does actually go up, I'll uh, I'll put a little post up about stuff we talked about that day, you know, today, and um, with various images, then people can see what madness I was talking about. But uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But dandelions go for that. They're they're out there, man. So uh, and they look amazing. So they do, yeah. they do, and yeah, I'm going to do that. Anyway, that's that's easily enough about me. So uh, Dave, what you what have you been up to lately? have i been up to i've been up to um uh, lots of stuff in my lane as you know i've got my little lane that i could spend a lot of time in um i'm absolutely falling in love again with pinhole photography um i do own one camera that i bought but all my other cameras i've made so from bits of old cameras or bits of old wood um as andrew knows or tin cans and um and I'm finding that incredibly creative because you can go off a wander with a few of those in your rucksack and uh, take just the most creative shots I can take, I think. I'm finding them so inspiring. And the other thing is a, a big nod here to Jeff Perry is that Jeff uh, made me the, um, the five before uh, Graflot backs. So when I made my first uh, pinhole camera, I just stuck one of those on. So the issue I always had was when I was shooting pinhole, I always had to changing bags and everything else. Of course, now I can just load up as many five, four film holders as I want and, and off I go. So that, that's changed that. Um, I'm working on a project where I'm going to try and reproduce a stained glass window uh, using wet plate collodion 
So get the models to take the poses that are in the church window and then try and reshoot those and make a stained glass window. So that's a little project I've got in mind. Um, yeah, that's it. Wet plate collodion, a lot of at the moment. And obviously large format. Um, uh, I did shoot a little, little while ago over in the fields at the back. Um, so yeah, that's a bit of what I do. If you follow my Instagram feed, you'll know it's kind of, I just follow my heart, whatever happens that day, whether the sun's out or it's dark or whatever. And if my daughters will allow me to photograph them, then um, then they get photographed as well. But that's that's basically what I'm up to. And then converting stuff as well. Still trying to repair a few cameras and um, cut the backs off of lenses with hacksaws if I can in my studio, in my workshop, which would horrify most of you out there. Um, I tend to go with... If I have a lens, I tend to uh, see if it'll I hold it up, have a look, hold it against the wall, work out what the depth of field is, the aperture, shove it in. And if the image looks nice, I'll make a mount for it and take some pictures. So probably my most creative lens is really a, a big bald projector lens that I bought, uh, Jeff Perry mentioned, and that's the one I hacksawed the back off of. And then I made a mount for it to go into the, uh, the Graflex Super D. Um, so that's a lot of those lane shots of the ladies falling back. If you look at my website, um, that was the game changer. So, yeah, that's all what your, I'm up to at the moment. All, all the, your old pram shots, those ones, that's all in the lane, isn't it? Yeah, they're all in the lane. Um, the pram is just a nice prop because um, well, if I'm waiting for a model or I'm thinking about a model, and obviously I haven't got any at the moment, um, uh, yeah, that, that, that gives me something. And there's something quite iconic about that. And it's uh, quite, people find it quite disturbing. So I think, well, that's good. That's, that's a good start. It's a talking point. Um, I know the lovely Hilary Clark, when she came here to do a workshop with me, she just loved it. And same as Craig when he came. It's, there's something quite iconic about those spokes and the mystery of what's in there and Rosemary's Baby and all that sort of thing. So, yeah. And it, uh, what I love at the moment is watching the light change. You know, the light at the beginning of the day and through the middle, the way it comes through the trees and then that perfect light at the end of the day when it's the shaft of light starts to run through and you get the long shadows and uh so yeah sometimes it's just looking and enjoying the views and then thinking you know what one day i might be able to capture that so uh yeah well, that's it that's what i've been you, up to you are particularly blessed you know it was just was it just mm. before christmas or just after christmas i came yeah. to see you i forget it was one of those wasn't it yeah and um I made a mistake of cleaning the car the day before I drove down his um, Told you about that. lane. Which... Schoolboy airman, schoolboy airman. Yeah. yeah. But you are rather blessed. So Dave lives in this, uh, you know, if you ever get a chance to go and visit Dave, uh, Simon, you know, if you, one day. Yes. Um, Dave lives in this, uh, what I would just describe as a sort of creative space. You know, he's, um, he's that lane he's talking about, you come out of his house and you've got this, you know, track with the trees all bending over to form this natural tunnel, which I think yeah. is probably a public footpath, but I'm not sure how many folks walk. walk it is. There. It is a public footpath. And when we're doing nude photography down there, yeah. it's quite interesting. But um, it's, it is. Yeah, well, what have I told you about that? Yeah. Just keep your clothes on when you're photographing. Well, uh, I know it, it is a bit off-putting for the models when I get undressed. <laughs> but they, no, that's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> so, but other than that, you know, you, apart from, you know, it's a, a, a lovely space you've got in your... You, you've got this workshop, work studio sort of area, which is just full of mm. weirdest things, lovely lighting, window, big mm. windows, and uh, cameras on big wooden stands on wheels, and 
yeah. mannequins and jars full of dolls and, and animal baby. heads yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. pickled children. Absolutely. Um, uh, <laughs> and, and, and then in your sort of conservatory area, it's like some kind of Victorian conservatory thing. You've got another wet plate camera set up there photographing this wonderful sort of space within the within the conservatory so yeah you know most of us are wandering around our houses and thinking well what a, you know i'm quite sure what to do now and you're <laughs> yeah. very, you're very blessed and you're very blessed and very lucky and and i'm sure you realize it but it's a it's a great spot you live in and uh, yes you must be constantly inspired that's all i can say yeah, I am. I, I know how lucky I am. Uh, I built the studio. It was a falling down barn at one point. Decided to turn it into a studio. We took the wrought iron off the outside, corrugated and stuck it on the inside because it's more creative. Um, yeah, I've got my dark room there as well. And I've got my workshop for building cameras. So, mm. yeah, it's it's a little micro bubble. When I come home, if, if I'm working somewhere, yeah, I can spend days just pottering around. Um, they'll often see me wandering off through the fields because I use the pram as a as a – as my photography trolley. So I'll have a mannequin sticking out. I'll have a large format camera and a tripod. And um, last time I was seen was I was wandering off with a generator as well. I've just bought a generator. So um, trying to do night photography and a smoke machine as well. So, um, so it's kind of getting a bit out of hand. But uh, yeah, I'm very lucky, very, very lucky. And that's why I love doing workshops. And I love people to come and, and, and explore it themselves because I'm lucky to have I have some beautiful cameras, you know, Aero Ectars or the Jeff Perry, you know, 5045s. Uh, and it's we talk about cameras a lot and we talk about aeros and speed graphics. And it's not until you actually look through the ground glass screen at the back that you start to realise what people are talking about. And that's how I fell in love with it. And it wasn't until I first looked through the top of a, um, a Super super D reflex, uh, Graflex, that the first reaction I had, and I think you had it, Andrew, as well, when you looked down the down the, was just wow. It mm. was just like, oh my god! It's just like it's just wow. Um, yeah. And that's why I tend to follow my own path with lenses, and and if it works, I just cut a mount and screw it together and stick it in. Um, Jeff's changed a lot of that for me because uh, on the one he's made me, I've got um, I've got tilt on it as well. So that's that's a whole new ball game for shooting. 5.4 SLR with a big ball lens in it, 2.8 wide open, stop down with computer printed uh, waterhouse stops, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it's the process, isn't it? And yeah, living there, how can you not be creative and excited? So yeah, I'm very lucky. So yes, so uh, I, I understand that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, Dave, I, I think this is a, a good time to um, talk a bit wider about yourself so people can uh, get a, a, a better idea about uh, who you are, sure. where you've come from and stuff. And I've just, just got your Instagram feed up in front of me at the moment. And and you, you're absolutely one of those rare breed of photographers that you'd look at the work and you think, ah, oh, this is a photographer that specializes in this. And then you look at, <laughs> look at what you've got and you think, Oh no, no, perhaps he specializes in this uh, because <laughs> you know, there, there, there's multi genre things going on here that show excellence. And, um, you know, there, there are, there are different, you've got different techniques. You shoot in color, you shoot in black and white, you're doing collodion, you're doing sheet film, you're doing all, all sorts of things. And you talked about pinhole as well. You know, yeah. so you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm I'm very envious um, of you because uh, you can you seem to be able to just go out and decide I'm going to take this kind of photograph and I'm going to do it brilliantly and that's just how it is. 
Um, so uh, uh, how did you get that good? Well, that's very kind of you to say that. I, I think a lot of people might say, well, you should actually specialise. Uh, um, but I'm, life is too short for that. And, and the way I've always looked at my photography is that when I'm not here anyone one day, my kids will have a box of negatives and, you know, hopefully some of them will be worth looking at and some of them won't. But, yeah, I'll give you a, I'll give you a brief, let's say brief, my, yeah, how I got to where I got to. So, so um, it all started for me in 1973 at London College of Print. Um, and I trained as a, um, a, a lith, um, litho film uh, camera operator. So using 2420 sheets of film, we were using potassium ferrocyanide, uh, carbon arcs, huge wooden cameras with uh, wooden um, uh, mounts on them, et cetera, et cetera. I used to go to London College of Print, <clears throat> and I learned probably the best mantra that I usually say in one of my workshops. One thing I remember from that was I was taught that photography is the control of many unforeseen variables. And that's always stayed with me. And I always thought, you know what, and it came that even more now, now, now that I'm doing what I do now, that it, it means so much more to me. Anyway, so I did London College of Print. Uh, I did uh, Graphic Repro. I was using large sheets of film. And then Apple Max came out and the whole trade died, um, literally, in, in a few weeks. So um, fortunately, I was in a position where um, I had a, some good contacts, etc. And we set up a design studio. And we set up a design studio and we were using Apple Macs and um, et cetera, et cetera. And in the meantime, I bought my first camera, which was a Canon AE-1, which was in 1976. And I love that camera. It, um, in fact, there's a Bowie picture I put up on Instagram the other day that I took uh, live on stage in color with that. And uh, yeah, still a beautiful camera. And it still works. It's still behind me in the cupboard. So uh, that's uh, stood the test of time. Anyway, so we set up this design studio. And cut into the chase, um, we started doing lots of photo shoots and we had big Hasselblads and we had big digital backs and then Photoshop and then we had 500 megabyte files and then two gigabyte files and was directing shoots. And I found, in, found that I was spending so much time in Photoshop, it was actually completely killed my passion for photography. And in the same time, I bought my first uh, Nikon. Uh, digital camera and I just thought this is amazing you know I can just basically if I just point this thing roughly in a direction with a some sort of speed and some idea of aperture I'll get a brilliant image and I did and both of those came together and photography became so boring it was just too easy it was so easy anyway uh, one thing led to another busy company uh, went through a sad divorce um and a near breakdown. So I did what everyone does. Um, I went to live in Transylvania. So I lived in <laughs> Transylvania for a month. Um, and I lived in a cottage uh, in the woods with no electricity and no running water. And I just had a horse that I had to get out of the stables in the morning and groom and um, yeah, candles at night. And uh, I had a dog called Wolfie that used to protect me from bears outside my house because there was... Um, there were like nails sticking out of the door because the bears tried to get in, uh, tries to stop the bears coming in. So um, so I lived in this place with this horse and uh, we had a horse and cart. We used to go to get water from the spring uh, and go back and live by nature. Uh, but what happened, I didn't have a camera with me at all. And uh, I, but what I did have was an iPhone. And all of a sudden I just fell in love with 
the beauty around me and the people and the, and the, the beautiful faces. And if you look at, um, there's a link I'll give you called Inca Ruka, and she's a, a, a photographer that took pictures around there, these deep, beautiful pictures of old lined faces in, in old buildings. And I just, anyway, so I started using my iPhone and I started taking pictures and posting them on Instagram. And people were interested. And, it, and my fuel for photography and capturing things came back, but no camera, no film, no nothing. And when I came back, I produced a book, and I was amazed by it. Anyway, another thing happened was I was working away one day. I'd gone back to work. It all was well. And one of my designers came up, and he showed me an article. And the article was an article about Vivian Mayer. And all the time I'd been taking my pictures with my iPhone – I was using an app called Hipstamatic that created these old-fashioned pictures. And um, I saw her work, and the bug suddenly came back, and I thought, Rolliflex. So bought my first Rolliflex, couldn't work out how to get the film in, um, but put the film in, got it back, and I was in love again. It's a bit like when you look through the top of a Rolliflex and you see a different world, everybody is just amazed. Uh, eventually, I, I took it around India and... Uh, I did 48 rolls of colour film in it, and uh, it's just a talking point. As we all know, old cameras tend to attract people, um, good and bad, but mostly good. Nine times out of ten, it's good. So I fell in love with film photography again and started processing my own. And then the big one for me was somebody showed me an article of, um, about Dave Burnett. Now, Dave Burnett is a large-format photographer who sometimes comments on my pictures, which is lovely. But he photographed the 2012 Olympic Games using a speed graphic with an Aero Ektar and a Cambo um, mirrored back on it. And when I saw his pictures, there's a shot he's got of um, Usain Bolt coming over the line at 200 metres. It just, of all the thousands of amazing cameras you see in the crowd, you see this one grey-haired man with this old speed graphic. His was the one. And the picture of the divers going off the top board on the speed graphic. And I just thought, oh, my word, this is photography. This is what it's about. So that led me to my uh, 1942 speed graphic. And I couldn't even open it when I got it. I didn't know how it opened. And with the deal came two um, film holders. But they turned out to mahogany plate holders for an old camera. I tried to fit them in. I didn't know how they worked. Anyway, so that was it. I, I was off on that large format journey. Um, fell in love with that, started processing, bought a Mod 54, um, doing some all my own stuff then, converted the dark rooms, made the studio, um, until one day I saw some work by Jeff Perry, and I noticed he had that big red lens on his camera, and I thought, what the hell's going on? I liked his work. And then I suddenly realised he's using a single-lens reflex, and it's like that was the game-changer for me. Because I bought the, um, the Super D and I bought a big Boole lens, a uh, 2.8 lens. And I went into my workshop and I got a hacksaw and I just cut four inches off the back of it. And it took me two hours to do it. And I couldn't move my wrist for two weeks afterwards. Anyway, <laughs> I made up a lens board, I put it in, and then I had the reaction I think Andrew had when you looked through the back of it. Mm. I looked through it. It was like, oh my word, wow. And suddenly you've got this 2.8 depth of field. You've got this amazing focus plane. And then, then the creati creativity came. So if you look on my website, you'll see there's a picture I've got of um, Camille on the front cover. Now she's falling backwards. And um, 
where she's falling backwards. Everyone sort of said, how could you do that large format? I mean, how, how do you know where the focus plane is? You know, because you've got to put the film holder in. But of course, the beauty of shooting with a Super D is it's, super, it's, um, it's SLR. So the mm-hmm. film's already in there. The dark slide's pulled out. She knows what I'm doing. Uh, and I'm literally focusing to her eyeball the moment she starts to fall. And then, bang, you get the shot. And one of the shots I got, it, it just started to rain. So we had, I had, um, I think I had 200 foot of extension leads running down the lane. I have, she's got a huge spotlight behind her, which you can't see because it's covered by the kimono. So that's backlighting her. And I've also got a smoke machine in the field next to me blowing smoke across. <laughs> but just as we took the shot, it started to rain. And on one of the shots, you can see four lines of rain coming down as well. And that's why I love large format photography because it enables you to um, have a vision in your mind uh, or a picture that you want. And we planned this shoot for ages and then it finally comes together, you know, and then she put the kimono on, she rolls her eyes, she lays back and then bang, you get the shot. And I think probably we're all the same. I know we're all the same. I love the fact that when you load that, that, that drum up and you're ready to sort of uh, go through and start developing you load it up, but you don't know. You, I might have four sheets of blank film in there, and I still do it even now. That's why you see my all my film holders. I write exposed or new on the on the actual uh, dark slides, just so that when I'm in the heat of a shoot, if I'm using I don't know twenty film holders, and it's brilliant. And I sometimes you put the the dark slide in the wrong way around or whatever. So I try and minimise everything to get it as slick as I can now, but. It's not until you take that final lid off that developing um, tank, you might have the best picture in the world in there, but you don't know, you know, and is that, that's, I still get a buzz every time I take that sheet out and then you look at it for the first time and you go, ah, yes, that's the killer shot. There was one shot I got and I think I put a post on Instagram and it was, um, I was up in London. I'd done a shoot with a girl up in London. I was walking back and I'd gone across the Millennium Bridge and I had, um, I had the Crown Graphic with me, which obviously isn't um, SLR and it hasn't got a focal plane shutter in it. So I was walking back past St. Paul's and there was all loads of photographers there photographing it because the light had gone. And I was watching them all and I was thinking, that's when you decide, is it worth taking the picture? So I, I knew there was an office block further down and I kept walking down and I've got some pictures of Sadie against it as well. But you can get St. Paul's Cathedral, but there's a huge black window. And if you push the large format camera right up against it, you get the reflection of it. And I stood there and I waited and I had one sheet of film left. I had six for the day and I had one sheet left and I waited and I waited. And every time I waited for a bus, it went the wrong way. And I thought, oh, oh it went the wrong way. So I waited and I went down. I was on about, uh, I was about a tenth of a second exposure. I was winging it because nearly all of my uh, metering is done with an iPhone. I don't use a meter. I just use an iPhone. And I was waiting for this bus and this bus finally came and I took the shot. And when I processed it, I won't say what I said when it came out, but everything was perfect. St. Paul's was in focus. The, the light on the, um, the traffic light had turned to red. And the bus was, had gone through the light and was blurred as it went through behind sort of thing. And you get that shot and you think that makes up for all the other 50 shots that didn't work quite as well. So, um, so that's where I got to. Then I did uh, wet plate collodion with John Brewer up in Manchester. Best thing ever. Um, first time I did a print, I was just, well, 
it blew me away. But anyway, sorry, guys, I'm just talking and talking. But that's where I am. And now I'm just in this world of taking weird pictures and doing what I do. So that, that's me, basically. I could go on forever, but I won't. <laughs> it, it's 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 hard to it's hard to work out where you go from there. <laughs> this is uh, so so many areas which uh, which we could we we could talk about. Um, I think what 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 one of the things that made me smile and what you were describing there is 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 that when you were talking about the photograph on your uh, the main photograph on your website with uh, yeah with the woman in the kimono falling falling backwards. Yeah. Um, it, it's just the you you talk through. Uh, the work that you put into actually getting that shot and it's enormous yeah yeah, the, yeah that that's that's yeah. that's that's the thing and uh, and and this 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 is this is for me and probably many, many other people one of the biggest problems is is that we have as photographers is that many of us are, are technically capable of taking a good photograph and yeah. but it's it's something else to actually set the shot up and the thought process that goes into, I'm going to take this, you know, coming up with the idea, this is the photograph yeah. I want to take, um, yeah. is, is for me, is the hardest single thing. And then the next thing is like, you know, the effort that you went through to take this, you know, 200 meters of cable and smoke machines yeah. and, uh, yeah. and, and all, all of those things. It's, it's, it's just, it's just, it blows my mind. Well, Simon, it, it, sorry, no, come on, Dave. No, you can't, no, no, please. Well, well, I'll just say something, then you you can comment see if I'm on the right line. You know, let's not let's not use this as as a barrier to stop us doing anything because Dave Dave is what I would call a sort of conceptual uh, yeah, and I, I use the word artist because that's what it is really. You know, he mm. clearly has these ideas. He's and he, he plans it for a long time, and you know, one shot probably feeds off another and he gets different ideas about how he can take it. And so he'd got that shot in mind and he'd got this image in mind, you know, the St. Paul's one. It's not, he's not just wandering around London with a camera. So oh, that looks nice. I'm going to take a technically competent picture or he's not just going out into the fens like I am. I think, well, actually that's, you know, I'm going to stop and take a picture of that, that pumping station. Cause that's kind of like the sort of stuff I like to, I like to take and it might make a nice print. David, David's seems to get his kicks out of this whole visualization of mm. a work of art uh, and bringing elements together and there could be there it could just be a lovely picture or it could be like with with exploring dead animals and dead things you know yeah. there's probably some other um you know bit of bit of meaning there that dave's working into his pictures but that, that shouldn't stop us going out there and just really enjoying using a large format camera and absolutely you know, not and, absolutely and making not. making a balls up of it like i did and yeah. enjoying the whole experience, you know. But we, D Dave, uh, whilst I would love to produce the work that Dave does, I, I first of all, I don't think I've got the vision. Secondly, I don't think I've got the patience. And but vision, I think, is probably what what you need, you know. And I think the space yeah. that Dave, the space that you live in, Dave, yeah. probably helps you with that vision. And 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 one project with the models you work with as well probably feeds off and and inspires you down other avenues. I would think and yeah 100 percent, and and 100 percent. i mean nothing should stop anyone getting out there and doing it because we all get such pleasure from it i mean there's such pleasure in working with these old cameras i remember looking at my my parents or my grandparents photographs and thinking why are they so much better than what we produce now and i think that was in the 80s and i and i always was fascinated by victorian photography and it's all there for us because we're we're going back using those old lenses, you know, and old processes. And I, I yeah, hundred percent. There's there's nothing wrong. I mean, 
a dead thing or a tree. It doesn't really matter what your concept is. Just take it, you know, I mean, just, just enjoy it. And you're right. I mean, having my studio helps a lot because I, you know, I'll stand there with a cup of coffee one day just looking, you know. I mean, if you look, I don't know if you've got my website up, but if you look on my website, there's a shot of Gabby, uh, a model I shoot with all the time. And um, I, I've got a 2,000-watt spotlight outside the window. That's how I did that shot. Um, and the smoke machine. And then she's holding the little ball. But what I enjoy the most is trying to create pictures that people don't quite sometimes understand what's happening. So mm. there was a shoot I did the other week, whereas I, I focused on in the water, but not on the subject. So the subject's completely out of focus. But in the reflection, they are focused. So you could think of it as, well, that's a crap picture. Um, or you could look into it a bit longer and think, oh, there is something there. Uh, or, f- or turning pictures around. That's, that's one I love. I love reflection shots where you just turn the picture upside down and you enter another world. You literally enter a, a different, different space. Um, and the shot and I did a recently a, a hilarious one because I've got that sort of eight-foot mirror in the studio and I set up my wet plate camera. And I, what I spent was a, a day probably just positioning mirrors so with loads of different angles, looking at mannequins around me, you know, and did this very rare self-portrait of me, and my daughter was in it as well. Um, but, yeah, but that's what I enjoy. And it, it's, it's just thinking about it and thinking of the process, you know. And, um, you know I, know, I know the game is that the more cameras you have when you shuffle off this mortal coil, you, you know, you're the winner. But, um, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I am getting to a point now where I'm working on cameras to sell them to finance my ultimate camera, which I think you know about Andrew, don't you? So, mm. um, and then I shall be getting rid of a lot of stuff then. And I'm gradually cutting it down because the, the Jeff, um, super reflex is now starting to become my studio camera. And I hadn't got to grips with it at first cause I had this tilt shift going on and I was like, what's going on, you know, but now you start to get a look. I mean, there was a bit like I'd always wanted to do an underwater shoot with a suit with a um, large format. So I was looking at trying to build a perspex tank that I can have bricks on it that I can lower underwater. Um, but the shoot I did do where it's underwater, I'm actually outside the tank. So there's a shot on my website of the girl swimming towards you, you know, and it's just, it's just, it's just finding interesting things, isn't it? You know, reflections. Just, I love, windows we can all photograph in windows and reflections and things like that and sticking you know you don't have to spend a fortune on lighting you know you see people spending thousands of pounds on lighting i mean most of my lightings come from um where did i get it from screw fix um i just buy builders uh, rechargeable battery lights and stick them in things you know um so the light's coming out of the you know out of the pram or whatever um so it doesn't really matter if i lose it or if it gets broken but yeah but there you go and I just buy loads of stuff secondhand, really, and then sell it on if it doesn't work. So, um, but yeah, there you go. I mean, I've got a camera at the moment, which is, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Aero Liberator, which is John Minnick makes, which is a beautiful small um, Super D, um, the smaller version of the Super D with an Aero Ektar. And he has to do a lot of uh, magical work inside with the mirrors to be able to get the lens to go far enough back. And that creates beautiful images but they're four before and, and I've got one of these cameras and I use it for the workshop because people get to handle it, but it's time to let it go, you know, um, because I've moved on to the five, four larger version now with, with Jeff, you know, and um, yeah. And it's just, 
it's time to let things go. It's a bit like my Rolleiflex. I love my Rolleiflex cameras, and they are still are some some of the best shots I've ever taken. But I'm not shooting with them anymore, so it's time to let them go. I mean, the only other thing that's coming out of this COVID thing, guys, is I'm finding that I don't know if you've noticed it, but secondhand cameras and secondhand camera gear is getting a bit pricey these days. So uh, I think everyone's getting back into it. So maybe I'll just hang on to it a bit longer. Uh, but I have left a note in my will to my girls. Don't ever just take this lot to a junk shop. So no. <laughs> go to the large format podcast and tell them it's all for sale. <laughs> one, of, one of the many areas I want to talk to you about, and you, you touched upon it where you uh, there's a, a photograph of a, a woman swimming underwater towards you. Yeah. Yeah. I, tell us about the tank. Okay. So it's a, there was a, a large underwater tank that I wanted to hire to do this shoot myself. Um, but it's £3,000 a day to hire, so I didn't do that. Um, but there is a group, and that's another thing, guys, um, for people out there. You know, you talk about you might not have the patience or, you know, you're technically good. Sometimes join some um, photo groups. I mean, there's one I go to, um, and he, he'll sometimes he'll set up the model. He'll get a great model in, someone I've wanted to photograph for a while. Uh, there'll be eight other photographers, all shooting digital, and... When I did some shots, you'll see some shots. There's like uh, Joan of Arc shots I do. Um, that girl there, I get literally four sessions of two minutes out of four hours. So I've got to be quick with my camera, you know, because they're all shooting bang, 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 bang. I'm shooting with my speed graphic. Um, but the results, you look at the girl holding the sword with the suit of armor. That's done with the um, – so, so yeah, so mm -hmm. the tank, anyway, go to the tank. So anyway, so they put on one of those days and everyone was photographing from the tank uh, on the side. Uh, but I photographed from the end so that she was swimming towards me. So basically, I've got a large volume of water, uh, two inch plate glass in front of me. It's, it's lit from above. Um, and that's it, basically. She's swimming towards me. I used the, uh, the Super Reflex 54 from Jeff. Um, I had various backs on it. I was shooting Polaroids, FP100C, and Fomapan 400. And the Fomapan 400 is, is what I love the most. And there's a few other shots below that you'll see that I actually did with a digital camera. And that's, that's something I really want to explore more because, again, it's that thing where you can't quite, quite work out what you're looking at. You know, is she sinking? Is she swimming? Is she drowning? Is she floating? Um, I did a whole series of that. So I say when we, when we do the podcast, I'll put up a few shots from that as well. But that was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So I'm shooting 400 wide open at 2.8, and I think I was 60th of a second, and I was pushing it at that as well. So, um, But there you get the reflection from under the water. So you're seeing the surface of the water from underneath. Uh, again, it just creates these beautiful illusions. So, uh, how, so yeah, that was that you, one anyway. How did you know, just from a technical point of view, when to fire that shutter or well i suppose with an slr you're watching it as well are yeah. you? you're watching it at the point at when she comes into yeah. focus were you sort of pre-focusing at a spot and think right, no 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 she... no no absolutely not no no i'm i'm focusing live so the shot the focus i'm focusing yeah. up until i push the shutter so yeah. and there'll be a few where she'll be like four millimeters out front and back because you're shooting yeah. at 2.8 yeah. um but nine times out of ten they all came out pretty well because she's not moving quickly and that's why some of the ones where there's another shot, if you look on my website, where you can just see her sinking into the water. She's just sinking down. Um, so that was a bit slower. Um, 
there's a few there's another shot on i've got a girl uh, that i photographed in a wedding dress floating on the water um now that yeah. was that was freezing that shoot um but that was using uh, my old super d but uh but yeah it's just uh, yeah just i think that's what it is and this is where i, I guess we this is where I sometimes miss the point. You know, it's not the amount of cameras you have because you listen to, you know, some of your amazing guests here. They've got one camera. They don't even know what the lens is. Perfect. You learn the craft of what you've got. And I'm a bit like a kid in a candy shop. I've got another lens to stick in and have a go with. But I am slowing down now. You know, my Aeroecta, yes. My Bull lens, yes. SLR, yes. Um, speed graphic when I've got a bit more time in the studio. And then the big mahogany beast when I want to do some sort of fine art dead stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, so that's, that's how I've focused on that. I literally focused up until the very last second till her eye came into focus, then bang the shutter. So yeah, but that's, that's the game changer when you're shooting large format with uh, SLR because suddenly it opens up everything like the girl falling backwards. You know, as she fell backwards, I focused, I knew roughly where she was going to go, but I was able to, bang the focus straight onto her and i think that lane thing talked about the lanes thing andrew the other lucky thing i've got there is i've got i've got lots of wires hanging in the trees so what i do is i get my screw fix battery pack lights and i hang them in the trees so they're all pointing at the model so i actually create a like a little light ghetto in there so um so it doesn't have to be high tech stuff it doesn't have to be pro photo this and pro photo that you know get some screw fix battery powered lights um get a model to hold it in front of her and let the light shine up her face. And you're going to get an interesting result or better still. She's looking into water and you look at that reflection coming across the water. I mean, there's one, there's one shot there. If you look at my site with it, let's say where she's holding the ball and the lights coming through. Um, but yeah, it's, you just play with it. Don't you playing with light and playing with trying to understand your camera. Really. So, well, you, you, yes. I mean, you are blessed in having that, that wonderful lane to photograph in, you know, Absolutely. to start. And the lady floating on the water, is that the water you've got in your part of your garden? No, no, that's a, that's a spring nearby. Um, I did do a shoot because the, 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 the other big shoot that I want, and I've been thinking about it for two years now, is Ophelia, the famous Ophelia shot. I want yeah. to try and reproduce that. So, um, But we did have my best my friend model, um, uh, Gabby, she came. She did spend a whole – in fact, there's somewhere in my link somewhere. There's, she spent a whole day in my pond, in my fish pond, and um, we're doing those wet shots because it was quite, it's quite a special little magical place. So, yeah, that was it. Well, we were you, just out – yeah, go on. With that, with that Ophelia one, you, that's um, – my, my general art knowledge is pretty crap, but that, that is a – that idea is from – didn't someone paint a picture like that? Oh, absolutely. Like, it's the one that's in the, uh, in the Tate Gallery. So it's yeah. yeah, and there's all those beautiful <laughs> medieval someone famous. <laughs> yeah. Are you taking um, lots of influence? I mean, they look kind of uh, as though they could be, you know, pre-Raphaelite Renaissance. I don't know. I'm just throwing words <laughs> around now that maybe one of them is. Yeah, uh, thank you. Pre-Raphaelite Rembrandt, Rembrandt lighting. You know, that yeah. lady with oh, the, with the keep book. Keep going. Just keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you spending time. Are you spending time looking at those images and getting inspiration. Do you like to visit galleries or do you look love, online books? Or? I love. I love galleries. I'm rubbish at looking at other photographers. I don't look yeah. at other photographers at all. I love my my. One of my great joys in life is to get the train into London, and I'll have a pinhole camera with a few sheets of film in it. And the, and the crown graphic because it's light 
my crown graphic, I've taken everything off it. Uh, I've got nothing on it now apart from just, I can just open it and that's it. Um, and just wondering and then letting the day unfold, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I've been thrown out of museums before. Um, I got challenged once, strangely, in the Tate Modern. I was taking pictures of um, some famous picture and this guy came up and he says, you have, you have to have a, a, you know, you've got to have a, a license to do that. And I just said, yes, of course you have. And he said, oh, sorry. And he walked off. <laughs> and I carried on shooting. <laughs> so sometimes you just blag it. Sometimes you get thrown out by your collar. But yes, to go to great to look at the great masters, to go to the Tate and just be inspired. Because I think I made a comment a while ago. Um, you know, I've been to some. Elton John had his exhibition of photography, uh, not his photography, but what he's collected mm. at the Tate Modern a few years ago, and I went and I saw a lot of the great photographs that I've admired all my life and I just you can't help but be inspired and I I, I made some comment or a blog or something I said I, I said all the great photographs have been taken there's nothing left to take nowadays they've all been done um you know um it was it was um SLR it was when I first saw the migrant mother picture and I read the book about the migrant mother and how she took that picture and yeah. she took that. She couldn't have taken it any other way because she had um, a, a graphics um, SLR. And she says in this, she says she got out the car and she saw the migrant camp and she saw the mother sat there, and the pea harvest had failed and there was they were impoverished. And she walked towards them and the mother had just sold the tires off her car that day to get some food. The kids had been out uh, collecting um, birds and berries and things that they could find. And they didn't actually talk to each other. And, and as she walked towards us, she looked up at her and they both knew that they were going to get something from this. And she took those shots of the migrant mother with the children wrapped wrap around her. And I just thought, that's what photography is about. It's that interaction is that this is something worth recording and taking a picture of. Which leads me on to one other thing. It's like when I'm out taking photographs, I'm always very cautious these days of um, stealing someone's picture because there's a fine line between being candid and sort of um, interfere or getting in the way. It's, that's their private life. So that's a kind of a weird thing, a, a space to be. Whereas I find reflections are okay because reflections of people seem to be, take them away from the situation. So yeah, anyway, sorry, I'm waffling about my, my what I go on about, but pre-Raphaelite. Yeah. And all that malarkey. Yeah. Give me that all day long. Um, so that's, that's where I'm, that's where I'm heading. Uh, I'm doing a series at the moment with Gabby, um, where I just have her sat on an incredibly large stool. And sometimes we did the shoot where I took her out into the field up the stepladder dressed as an angel. So she's nude, but she's got the angel's wings on. And I shot that with using my iPhone again for metering. Uh, I've got the 2.8 bull lens on it, wide open, SLR, um, bright sunshine of the day. So how are you going to take a picture? And then you suddenly start to put waterhouse stops on things, which... I know they should be in the middle of the lens and not at the end, but it works. You know, it just works. Make the hole smaller, you can still take a picture. So for me, it's all about bodging it. If you can bodge it and you get your shot, then it doesn't really matter, you know. Um, so that's that's kind of where I go at the moment. So there's, I've got loads of ideas, loads of things I want to do. Um, it's just finding the time, really, to do it all, really, and <laughs> without driving yourself mad. But, yes, anyway, next. Where am I going next? I don't know. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking that there were, again, as, as, as before, there were just so many areas that uh, I, th- I'd, I'd like to take uh, the conversation in, uh, but I, I also know that we're 
pretty much coming to uh, um, the end of uh, the time that we have available to us today. Um, but that just makes me even more excited about the prospect of one day uh, going down with Andrew and uh, spending a day with you because yeah, it's it's just going to be pretty mind blowing. I'm sure. Um, yes, you must come. You must come. Yeah. Um, so I I think we we need to do um, bef before we start to wrap up. Um, we need to do um, that email that we had that we've been teasing um, that we need to do do this because uh, mm. we now know the correct pronunciation of the word T-O-Y-O um, and uh, Andrew perhaps you might want to go into a bit more detail on that uh, yeah yeah so it turns out I was right all along <laughs> yeah. I think so despite um, being challenged by well Simon claims he, well, he didn't challenge me and maybe I challenged him. I don't know whichever way it was, but the fact remains I'm, I'm right. <laughs> so, uh, as ever <laughs> now, I, I do apologize because I can't actually remember who recorded this, who, who, Simon, tell me who recorded this. Is what it, I'm about it, to play. Is it, not, is it not on the email that I just sent you? Yeah, I know, but I can't look at it because <laughs> I've got it all. I've got it all queued up on my iPhone, ready to play. Oh, okay. Well, let, let me let me just dig it out. I know it's. Uh, to, I think Tom DeCorsia. Is that the correct pronunciation? Oh, that could be. Yeah. Well, while you're looking at that, I'm going to play it. Let me. I've got the volume whacked up to the yeah. top, and I'm going to hold it right up to the microphone, and just tell me if you can hear this. Toyo. Toyo. Perfect. We heard that perfectly, and and there is no doubt on how to say that word from from this point onwards. Toyo, 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 Toyo. Yeah, I don't need to sell my camera after all now. No, you can keep it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that, and that was that was Tom DeCorsia's uh, or DeCorsia. De I don't know one 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 or the um, that's that's his uh, his Japanese wife. That's um, it. Yeah. Um, well done, Tom. Thanks for that. Yeah, and uh, well, in particular, well, well done to Tom's wife. Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's 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 excellent. So we all. So you uh, can forget. You can forget yo-yos and toyos and. Yeah, it's not toyo anymore. I'm going to still call it that. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what I do. Um, even you know, if I mispronounce something, I, I usually mispronounce it forever. So uh, well, there we go. We'll we'll, we'll should cope. Um, right, um, Dave. Um, yes. It's been. A pleasure. Uh, we we knew it was going to be good, and it and it was good. And uh, um, perhaps you could uh, let people know uh, how they can see your work and the things that you do. Uh, yeah, I'm. I don't. Thank you, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure for me as well. During this lockdown, I'll be listening to your stuff, and it's 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 makes me laugh and it inspires me. So that's good. Um, yeah, I don't do much. I don't exhibit anymore. Um, I don't do much stuff. So really, it's Instagram, if you want to follow me, which is uh, Dave Shrimpton, uh, or my website, which is daveshrimpton.co.uk, which is kind of out of date, but I, I try and keep up to date with it. But those are the best two places to see me, really, at the moment. Yeah. So Instagram is probably the best place. And so, uh, I mean, you, you, you mentioned it extremely briefly. Um, but uh, I think it's it's worth just 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 coming back to this this point, and that's that you do photography workshops at your place, don't you? I do. I do large form photography watch workshops where people get to use everything: the aerectars, the ball lenses, the SLR cameras, the the big mahogany one as well. So I do those, and then um, it's a full day, and they get to learn, try everything, 
don't make the mistakes I made by trying them first. And then, uh, yeah, all the way through to taking the shots, metering, um, and developing the film at the end of the day as well. So, yeah, I do that and also do wet plate collodion one day uh, courses as well where people come in. And and to be honest, that's that really is my happy space. As you know, I love to talk about cameras and photography. And I just love setting other people off on that journey that I love. And, you know, I've watched people like... Um, you know, Hilary Clark came and did one of mine. Her work's wonderful anyway, but she inspires me. You know, Craig, Neil, if you're out there, they've both done it with me. And, uh, yeah, I love it. So uh, when this is all over, if anyone wants to make contact with me uh, and come and do one, it's what I enjoy doing. So, so yeah, come and enjoy the, the lane. And and certainly I've, I've um, seen the feedback that, uh, that, that Hilary's given and Ian Fleming as well. Uh, oh, Ian, of course. Yes, yeah. Ian was brilliant. Ian had a great time he was the first time we shot down the lane yeah yeah he drove i think he drove all the way yeah (laughs) a long way but not that train no (laughs) (laughs) i know the one you're you're talking about yes yeah that's actually from a different podcast but uh, so people are going to be scratching their heads what what about with ian's train well you'll have to listen to (laughs) 100 odd episodes of the classic lenses podcast to work that one out um (laughs) you will you will yeah but yeah yeah Okay, well, um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, finally coming coming down and uh, and and doing something there with you. Um, uh, right then, Andrew, um, have mm. you got any shout outs or any other quick things you want to get off your chest before we disappear? <coughs> How about that? Yeah, that's nice. Nice. Um, just to, I haven't, but actually, if I can just say very quickly, in terms of timescales to when we might be out of this madness and be able to do things like workshops. I would think once you once you're allowed to go back to the barbers or the hairdressers, yeah, surely things like going to see Dave would be on. Even if we have to wear masks, we could we could get some, we could make some masks with like skulls on them and do and do some creepy photo shoots down the uh, yeah. down the Definitely. down the lane, couldn't we? I've got I've got it all waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that, I mean that's a, that's a good point actually, uh, because at some point we've 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 got to go back. I mean, we we mm. don't know how long it's going to take for a vaccine to come out. We don't even know if a vaccine's ever ever going to come out. Come out. Um, yeah. So you know, at, at some point we've got to go in, have to learn to live with this. I mean, this is something that uh, um, I mean, I, I would, as as everybody knows, the six towns dark room in Stoke on Trent hasn't been running now for probably about three months um but we've we've just done our i think our third virtual uh meeting um because we're still trying to meet uh, once a month on a tu- on a tuesday night and uh fraser yule joined us again last uh, last week um and uh well, sorry the one that we uh, just just had yesterday um where we just just talk the usual nonsense whether they, we, that we do oh. when we're not actually developing anything um but that was one of the things it was a topic of, you know of you know what do we do uh, how do we go back? And and I think the the general consensus in our group is, is as you just just said there is I think when when certainly in the UK at least when the or in England to be more specific um, when um, they perhaps start to allow the social elements to start to happen again um, that's that's probably the, the the time that something could happen but. It will be different, and it, and it's almost certainly going to be wearing face masks and gloves, and uh, and probably not having cups of tea together like we used to do, and sharing biscuits. Uh, well, which we're, is bad news. We're hopeful that uh, I know that there's been some lobbying by the caravan club and the car- camping caravan club that people people with self-contained units, you know, with your own toilet and wash facilities, um, th- th- there's no reason really why 
you know, I mean, I, I don't talk to people anyway, so I'm quite happy just being in, in the caravan, you know. I don't need to go to someone else's shower or toilet. You think maybe that would be there's, – I'm hoping that we can get away, you know, by the end of the year in mm. some form. But it, we won't be going far because it's just not fair on folk around the world if you pitch up on their doorstep, is it? And then, you know, so we'll just go down the road and do some canoeing and take the caravan yeah. to the, you know, a few miles down the road. I've if just, we can I've, at some point. I've just made a, a portable dark room to go on the back of the camper van as well. Yeah. So, well, yeah, um, you're in the same boat, aren't you? you but yeah. you did get away, didn't you, just before the lockdown? Yeah, was... I got away the week before and took yeah. the pinhole camera. Yeah, yeah, we were very lucky. You're very, very lucky. Did you so, go up to the yeah. northeast? Was it up to the northeast somewhere? Yeah, up to, um, yeah, just on the, well, it wasn't Chroma, but it was it was that kind of over that way. That's um, not Burwash. the northeast. Not Burwash, is it Burwash? Uh, I can't remember now. Anyway, over that way. That's um, not the northeast. The northeast oh, okay. is, I'm talking about Geordie Land. You went up to the north. Oh, Norfolk God. Coast. No, I went up to Norfolk. That's as far as oh, I yeah. go, yeah. Although that's the next <laughs> thing I want to do. I want to do the 500 mile trip round Scotland with the camper van. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that with a you can do that with a camper van, but not a caravan, apparently, because it's too there are some areas you wouldn't want to take a caravan. Yeah, no, that'd be fun. Uh, yeah. What's your what's your uh, portable darkroom? I know we're coming. We're supposed to be wrapping the show, show up. But well, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's made out of a B and Q dump bin, uh, plastic dump bin on wheels. Um, I've cut some armholes in it and made a periscope on the top. And it's got a ruby lift at the front, and uh, yeah, you can drop trays in it, and uh, huh? yeah, it goes on the back of the camper van. And you can develop wet plate out and, wow. you know, out okay. there. Or I've got the ice. I've got the Canadian ice fishing tent as well. So. Um, that works really well as well. So, yeah. Have you got one of? Those, did you see that tent? If you go on to Four Roots web uh, YouTube top shit thing, he's got that big darkroom tent, hasn't he? That he takes out into the into the woods with him. Is he? Yeah, the, the Eskimo yeah. ones, the one I use, the big red one. He just yeah, that's what he's pops got. up. Yeah, they work really could well. Be, so. Could be the same. I've got a lab box. I, I'm thinking of taking that away in the caravan. There you go. You'll, there struggle, you go. you'll, you'll struggle get inside that, though, won't you, Andrew? Pardon? You'll struggle getting inside a lab box. No, I don't need to. It's a daylight developing uh, tank, yeah. uh-huh. but not for, not for four by five, of course, but for thirty-five and one twenty. Yeah. At the moment, oh, by the way, the, sitting on it. The other thing is, when I do the workshops, I only ever have two people, so um, so um, that should limit numbers and spreading of viruses. Yeah, I would, you, I would have yeah. thought once the social, as Simon says, once once the government is is indicating the social side yeah. of things can be relaxed. Common with sense two would. people, yeah, common sense would t- take in. You know, if you if you can't social distancing, we're probably still going to have to maintain. Yeah. If not, wear your mask, don't you? But you wear know, a mask. Like, common sense. What, what you yeah. can do, you could do your workshops with a bit of common sense applied. Yeah, you? I think so. I think so. So there is light at the end of the tunnel, so they say. Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. Well, um, in that case, uh, Andrew, um, hmm. where can people find you outside of this podcast? Outside of this podcast. Across most social media, Twitter, Instagram as Warboys Snapper. And if you just want to look at Instagram of pinhole work, it's Warboys Snapper underscore pinholes. Um, other than that, you'll find me on the Facebook group, the large format photography Facebook group. You'll find me hanging around the Lensless Podcast Facebook group and every two weeks in the Lensless Podcast. But we didn't have one last week because we had some technical issues. <laughs> More technical issues. Yeah, and and I just remembered we uh, we didn't do it last week, and I'm not sure if we did the week before. But we we need to say thank you to those people who donate. Well, they've actually managed to find us on the uh, on yeah, coffee. I couldn't find us. 
No, it's it's notoriously difficult, I've got to say. But uh, and I'm not sure. Did we, was we we got one from Wayne Setzer? Did I mention that last time? I can't remember. No, don't I'll, think I'll, I'll say it anyway. So uh, I figured any podcast that would have me on as a guest twice uh, needs all the help <laughs> they can get. <laughs> Um, I'll take the blame for the first time, uh, but the second time is on you. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. Um, thank you, Wayne. Um, Christopher J. May, uh, been a while since my last contribution. Sorry, guys. He's always apologising for, for oh, donating yeah. to us. Yeah, it's it's great if you can and if you can't it doesn't matter uh, so thank thank you very much uh, Christopher and this is uh, um, hope you're doing all the all, hope you're doing as well as possible in these strange times take care mm-hmm. um, uh, Dave Walker also known as Dave the Walker on uh, Instagram um, I goes I found it so well 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 done um, here have the money that the Sunny 16 podcast told me they didn't want anymore <laughs> so, um, so, so thank you very much dave um gratefully received um uh mike rattle if that's or rattel i'm not quite sure is that uh, the correct pronunciation there um yeah sure uh, how to pronounce his surname rat rattel rattle rat, yeah, anyway rattel tell us how to pronounce your surname he he speaks to me a lot on messenger but I, yeah. we, you need to tell us how to pronounce it that's it so that's r-a-t-e-l yeah um, and he says there, uh, thanks. Oh, sorry, didn't say thanks. It um, says Simon and Andrew, thank, thanks so much for doing the show. Well, thank, thank you, Mike. Uh, well, he just bought a, he just bought a nice. He's just bought an enlarger uh, to get into that. I think he must live in a, a fairly limited. He hasn't got a lot of space. I think he's got a landlord, maybe an apartment or something. Yeah. And he bought a for fifty dollars a cambo. I think it's a cambo monorail. Oh, yeah. Which was very nice. It looks very nice. nice. And, yeah, uh, nice. He was chatting with me over lenses, and he ended up buying a a one fifty Schneider or one fifty or two ten. I can't remember what he bought now, but he's he's got the bug big time. Good, yeah. that's good. Um, and then on the twenty seventh of May, again, Christopher J May uh, made a donation to us. Um, no message this time. No apologies this time. Um, so <laughs> thank, thank, thank you again, uh, uh, Christopher. And then finally on the seventh of May. Um, from uh, I'll, I'll name this person shortly. Um, uh, keep up the good work, guys, and keeping me and and keeping me sane uh, with, with lockdown listening, Mr. Dave Shrimpton. Thank you very oh, very much. You're welcome. I thought it was a time I finally put my hand in my pocket, but there you go. No, it's been an absolute pleasure, guys. It's a bit strange today. It's like I'm listening to a podcast sat at home, but I'm kind of joining in. It's very peculiar, but most enjoyable. <laughs> fully fully in- interactive and uh, just just I, I just wish to say you don't have to donate to get on the show uh, no <laughs> it's a sheer coincidence um, there, there, you go. there you are uh, well we've been planning it for a long time haven't we so well, we, have, we have we have we, we we needed to do it and we've done it well we've done part we've one done at least it. anyway yeah part two to follow that, that yeah. that's it so um so again um uh, thank you again dave uh, it's been been great having you on and um from me uh, let's just wind this up now you can find me on twitter is simon4 i'm on instagram as simon Forster photographic i have a website um and an ebay shop um, if you do look up um simon Simon Forster photographic.co.uk and if you can find my eBay shop um, I sell a range an increasing range of lens caps um, but none of them for large format lenses so I guess you (sighs) don't really care Um, and uh, so uh, so that's that our music our wonderful music uh, is by Kevin McLeod and it's called Two Finger Johnny and that's it so I hope you've enjoyed this 
three weeks show um, or whatever it is um, and fingers crossed we'll be back uh, more timely next time um, in fact we've we may have almost got our next guest lined up already um, so uh, technical problems aside which is actually the reason why uh, we didn't get a show out last week we, we may be getting closer to resolving those technical problems um, so we'll have the, the guests that uh, uh, we were hoping to do last week um, soon um, so that's it so I hope you enjoyed it and uh, listen again soon bye bye hi hello Pardon? Did you say goodbye there, Dame? Yes, goodbye. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Excellent.